Welcome to the 5% Club with your hosts Maria Mejia and David Pataki as they dig deep into what it takes to start, grow, and take your business to new levels. They do this by demystifying common mistakes, roadblocks, and pitfalls by handing you strategies, tips, and hacks. Get your pen and paper ready because here they are. Welcome everyone to another episode of the 5% Club. Woo, 5% club. Okay, there's my echo. We're gonna we're gonna say it at the same time one of these days. You will pick up on my little subtle cues, but apparently that's not today. Anyways, this is your host, Maria Mejia, your important accountant. Mejia, Mejia. Oh, there's my echo. And my echo would be. Ah, oh, this is David Pataki, the panastic business coach. And then, okay, so Maria, why did the man fall down the well? Uh, I'm going to assume because he wasn't looking where he was going. Because he couldn't see that well. Ah. The panastic business coach, there you go. We prefabricated that one just so that we could have some fun at the beginning of this podcast. So glad that everyone can join us today. Welcome, welcome. Um, so David, I thought today maybe we could uh, continue on with our kind of target market speak that we were um, talking about last podcast. So if you just want to quickly refresh my memory on that. For sure. You know, we talked about, you know, what is your target market? Why is it important to have your have your target market? Uh, well, you know what? Just making sure that you know your target market, you you understand their pain points, you understand the problems that they have, right? So then you can make sure that you have the right solutions for that market, and you know where to target your marketing efforts. You also know how you can do your pricing. You can convert a lot better if you understand them, and that means that you can generate higher revenue. But the key one that we're going to talk about today is that you can create a message that speaks directly to that target market. Because you got to remember something, one message does not speak to everyone. And, that, and that's something that, you know, it's very difficult to uh, to remember because most people think that pretty much everybody is their prospect, their target market. You know, the, the car insurance uh, broker goes, yeah, anyone that's got a car is my target market. And that's potentially true. However, you cannot write one message that could speak to everybody in that target market. So what I like to say is, who are you going after inside that target market, right? Yep. And the target market is a group, just going to just recap. It's a group of potential customers that you identify as ideal customers to sell your products or services to. And there are three things that you need to consider when you're looking at uh, refining your target market. And that is the demographics, the geographics, and the psychographic uh, information for your people, right? So your, your people, your tribe, as some people will say, what is it that you're looking for? So you've got to pick something specific, you know, back to the license uh, insurance, um, car insurance person, you know, maybe they want to go after the people with the Harlot Davidson motorcycles. It's much easier to craft a message that speaks directly to Harley Davidson 
motorcycle drivers as opposed to everybody that owns a Pinto Ford Pinto. Actually, I don't think they'll make, they make those anymore. But anyways, thought I would just throw that out there. I'll take one. <laughs> I didn't get the Panastic Business Coach, uh, you know, moniker for no reason. So what we want to talk about today is creating uh, the message that speaks directly to your target market. So Maria, what do you think are some of the things that we have to consider when we're starting to create this target or this message for your target market? So we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but for those of you just kind of jumping in from starting now, uh, you know, you have, you must be able to enter the conversation that is taking place in the head of your prospects, of your target market. And you need to be able to address that number one question that's going on in their head right now. So for example, if you are trying to, you know, if you're that insurance guy looking you know, to try and get that insurance for, you know, family vehicles, you know, for people who have either, you know, minivans or those very economical family vans, um, you know, what conversations are they having in their head right now at this moment? So, you know, they're thinking like, okay, I want a car, you know, that's good for my family that, you know, can take a beating and keep on going. And I want insurance to not only cover that vehicle, but to, you know, cover any medical expenses that could come up as well as, you know, cover the cost of, you know, renting a vehicle for a week or so. Um, so, you know, try and figure out, you know, what are, what are your ideal clients? What are your prospects thinking in their mind right now? So the, the very two major points that, you know, we want to cover is what is the problem that they are having that they don't want? And what are the results that they want but don't have? Um, these are the, like the two main questions that everyone thinks of and that we need to be thinking of when trying to come up with either a marketing message or a solution for our clients. Right. Now, when we talked about being able to identify that, that problem, so again, the, the Harley Davidson motorcycle person has a different problem than <clears throat> someone that has the minivan. So. Therefore, the message that you're going to craft is going to be different depending on which person you're talking to. And you are basically selling the same service. It's a vehicle insurance that you're selling, but it's two completely almost different ends of the spectrum uh, target markets, which means that the message is going to be completely different. You know, when we're talking about uh, prospects, that want to buy your particular product or service that they're actually going to go through what we like to call a buyer's journey, right? A buyer's journey is made up of sort of three different components. There are the now buyers. Those are the buyers that are ready to buy right now. They've done the research. They know what they want. They've decided that they're ready to buy, but that only makes up one to 5% of the, of the prospects that, are, that want to buy your products. So what they're looking for right now is who do I buy from, okay? But the problem with that is that 95% of the other prospects, remember these are ideal prospects for you. They're actually in either a future buyers uh, segment or they're into the soon to buy buyers section. And there are different things that they're looking for when they're in that area. So a future buyer is looking at the benefits of ownership. They're, they're wondering, 
why should I buy this? How is this going to enhance my life? Or what benefits is this going to do for me? And that's usually the fun part. That's usually it. that's at the beginning when they think of that Harley Davidson. Oh, I would love to be driving down the road. You know, my hair flying in the wind. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have a lot of hair right now, but back in the day, I used to have the long hair and, uh, you know, flying in the wind. So the benefits of ownership are, are pretty easy, but then you, then you kind of slide into your closer to doing it. You've convinced yourself that you should buy it, or you should at least consider buying it. Now you're into the soon to buy section and the problem with that now, now what's going through your mind there is why, what are the objections to this? Why shouldn't I buy it? You know, is it's going to be dangerous? You know, is it going to be uh, expensive uh, insurance? You know, is it going to be hard to insure? Those types of questions are coming up. So if you can, as the uh, provider of that insurance, if you can answer those questions with the information, with education, then you can help your prospects move along those buyer buyers journey so they, they can move into the ready to now buyers and those are the ones that will call you when they're ready to buy yep so we've all kind of been through that buyer's journey um and we, you know we are all constantly on that buyer's journey for you know different aspects of our life so for example you know growing up uh my family always went to you know target usa or to um walmart you know those were our main you know big box store places that we would go to and so um when i went off to college i was in the future buyers i you know i was trying to figure out okay which grocery store which big box store should i go to um to you know buy you know certain products and, and services that i need for you know college you know shoes um hangers for clothes and things like that and I would always weigh the option of, okay, you know, which one's cheaper, which one can I get either a discount on or which one's having a sale right now. And then, you know, the soon to be buyers, you look at the different sales that are going on, or you look at the different benefits that different places are offering. Um, and sometimes if, if there's only one place that offers that service, you think of, okay, why should I be going to, you know, to that one place in store? Or why shouldn't I go to, you know, the, another store in the next town over or, you know, two towns down the road? You know, why should I be, you know, choosing these people? Um, and then you decide, OK, I'm going to go with these guys because, you know, they have a great product. They, you know, give good service. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go down the road and buy from them today. And then you're a now buyer. And so, you know, growing up, we went to Walmart all the time, you know because we thought it was cheap and, you know, the products are relatively okay and they offer, you know, more products than other, you know, smaller mom and pop stores. And so everybody goes through that journey um, at one point in their lives and at different aspects of, you know, purchasing different things. Exactly. And when you are considering creating that message, you have to, you have to realize something that, um, you know, 95% of the people out there, they're actually gathering information. They want to find out just like Maria was talking about, you, you know, most people, you might think, you know, they're, they're, they're specifically price oriented. Maria mentioned it's, you know, value for the money. Yes. Money was important because of, uh, you know, the economics and so on, but she didn't want to go to the place that was the cheapest with 
horrible quality product because then you end up only having to buy that again. So she was looking for a, the store that had the good price with uh, the value of the product, the quality of the product there as well. So the now buyers is, like I said, are one to 5% people, which means that there's 95% that are looking for information, right? They're looking for the best value. So what you got to try to make sure you do is that you don't devalue yourself because once you devalue yourself, then price becomes the only option. So when you are ready to create the message, we like to use the uh, conversion equation method here. So this is something that you know we've developed over the years. It, could, it consists of four different areas, uh, different sections. The four sections are the interrupt, engage, educate, and offer. I'll say those again. So interrupt, engage, educate, and offer. So every time that you're speaking to your prospects, whether it's through a social media post, whether it's through an ad word uh, campaign, whether it's through a postcard, a brochure, business card, networking, meeting people at a party, all these things you have to consider when you're in, in the area of your target market. And I'll break that down for you. So interrupt, and the reason why we wanted to we use the term interrupt because you need to um, see what what happens is that you are inundated with thousands of marketing messages per day you spend any time on the internet going on your facebook or just surfing uh, going to youtube or instagram or whatever you're on you're seeing ads over and over again they're coming left and right you get in the car you drive down to the to the gas station to fill your car up before the gas goes up on the weekend you drive by you know 60 different stores so you're seeing signs inundated you see billboards all that types of stuff right those are so what happens there is that your your brain sees all these marketing messages so it's got this self-preservation technique so it, it kind of blocks out most of the things because they're things that you're not interested in so when you think about you know when you buy a vehicle right let's say you you go out there and you buy that ford pinto i don't know why i'm talking about ford pintos right now but it's a funny you're vehicle. in a pinto mood today <laughs> right uh, obviously not today but you know like if you went out and bought the uh the ford f-150 you got it into it. You, it was a red Ford 150. You got into it. And you start driving around. All of a sudden, you see that there's looks like hundreds of red Ford 150s out there. And you go, why? Why? Were they there before? Yeah. Yes, they were there before. But your brain was was has this sort of protective technique that's that doesn't because you don't care about it. It wasn't there, right? So the interrupt is an important part of it. So the interrupt is you have to say something a little bit jarring, but that speaks directly to the problem that's in your prospect's mind that they don't want. Okay, I have, a, I have a, uh, an example, a case study that I will explain a little bit later, but we'll just go through these four points. So you got the interrupt. So that's the headline of your post, whether it's your ad, it is the first thing out of your mouth when you're at a networking event and someone says, you know, hi, David, what do you do? You need to have that ready. It needs to be confident. You need to be able to say it. And, and, the, and the key thing here is when you speak to their problem, 
to your prospect's problem, if they're not your prospect, it doesn't mean much to them. But if it is there, if it is a problem that's in their head, you'll speak directly to them. It's almost like they'll say, you must be inside my head because that is the problem that I have. Now the engage is the subheadline or the second uh, there, thing. I just want inter to interrupt you real quick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Before you get too far. Um, something to think about with the interrupt, especially, you know, during this time of, you know, social media being in the forefront of everyone's mind, you know, everyone's on Facebook and we've all seen what we call, you know, clickbait. We see those headings that are just dramatic and shocking, or they say something you're like, no, that can't be true. Um, you know, always be careful with what you do write as your interrupt headline, you know, don't say something that's so shocking that, people will be like, oh my goodness, because uh, at the same time, if people see one line, you know, that's what they're going to be thinking about you. Um, if you're going to say something dramatic and false, then that's what they're going to think about you, that you're, you know, always dramatic and you say false things and you just want to be in everyone's face. And so make sure that your interrupt is, you know, something that aligns with who you are and who your business is as well. Like you can say something, you know, crazy and funny, like, uh, you know, cute kittens uh, on the corner block or something like that. But, you know, make sure that it is aligned with, you know, your business. Continue. Right. But it also has to speak to the problem. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, Telus uses the animals, animals, you know, you brought up for that, uh, Maria. Animals are one of those things that interrupt most people stop and think about that. But if you're selling car insurance and then you have a cute kitty on a pillow, it's not relevant to your message and you're not actually, you might get their attention, but you're not speaking to their problem. And, and the key there is the interrupt speaks to their problem because the engage, the subheadline or the second thing that you follow up is the solution that you provide for the problem that they have, right? Remember that solution is something that they want, but they don't have. So if you provide that solution, you identify the problem, you give them a solution, now all of a sudden they're, they're engaged. That's why it's called engage, right? You've got them engaged. And now the next part of it is educate. So this is the opportunity for you to either in bullet points or when you're talking to someone, explain the process on why your, pro, your product or service is superior to your competition, and that's why they should buy from you. And then the last is the offer. And the offer must be compelling. It needs to be irresistible. It needs to be low resistance. It can't be something that, that forces the, the, the prospect to do something that takes them out of their comfort zone. So you want to make sure that it's it's compelling and it's irresistible. Like if you're able to offer a money back guarantee, then that's something that's there. It's called risk reversal. That's a very compelling offer and it's irresistible, especially if nobody else in your industry has that as an offer. But we can get into offers on another day. But today we're just talking about the marketing message. So you want to make sure that you interrupt them. You want to engage them with this, with your solution. You want to educate them and why you are superior over them. And then you must be able to present an offer that is compelling, irresistible, and low resistance. So a question I want to kind of throw out to you, David, is with the, the educate um, aspect of it, 
I've seen a lot of, you know, social media, you know, those um, sponsored posts. Um, for example, Tony Robinson's one that's come up a few times on my Facebook feed, um, where a lot of people do like pretty much a whole book as their educate um, section for their social media posts. Like, do you think there is like a like a, either a word limit or a length limit that people should be sticking with when it comes to the educate portion um, of like their social media posts? Oh, 100%. You know, when, you, when you're talking about, especially on social media, you know, well, as I do that, you, you, you know, if you've got, if you, if they're on there for 10 seconds, you're, you're lucky. So yeah, you don't want to write a book. You want to be able to do two or three main benefits of your product and so, or service so that, that they understand why they want to click the offer. So the offer, again, most often, most more often than not needs to be information. So the idea of this touch point or this um, ad is to get is the identify the problem, give them the solution, tell them why they should buy from you and click on something or ask a follow up question to get more information on why by the yeah, in fact, you're trying to create uh, curiosity. You want them to to find out why, or you kind of touch on how you can help them. But you want to make you want to lead them to find out more information about about you, especially on social media. Like I said, you know, if you've got them for ten seconds, you're lucky. If you got them for three seconds, you're probably on average. So you want to make sure that you 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 that it's short and sweet, but it's you said it before. It needs to be uh, true. Don't promise anything that is, you know, un unattainable or not true, because that'll only bite you in the butt uh, on the way back. So make sure that you are promising only true things about your business. Yeah, uh, and like you said, it uh, it requires multiple touch points. You know, twenty to forty to maybe even two hundred times that they see your posts or are following you on social media. So don't be discouraged if, you know, you put out a social media ad or a social media post and, you know, you've gotten the same people over and over, you know, you are building uh, rapport with them. You're building confidence with them. And so when, so uh, like the buyer's journey, maybe they're not ready right now, but they're interested. They're intrigued on who you are. And then, you know, six months down the road, they decide that they do need a service uh, that you provide. Then they become, you know, that they're looking, they're serious about it. Um, and then they remember who you are. They continue to look at your posts, at your ads, and then they're confident with you. You know, they've been following you. They feel like they have a relationship with you and your business. And so they much more easily become now buyers. Right. And, and, and Maria mentioned, you know, it could be 20, 40, 50, 100 touch points before that prospect has moved further along on the buyer's journey to the now buyer section. However, if you can use the conversion equation, you can generally get that down to five to 12 touch points. Now, that's obviously that's important, right? You, you want to you want to raise your conversion rate uh, or your lead generation. So 
lead generation is being able to get your prospects to speak to you or to, to click on something. You want them to do some sort of action to move them along the buyer's journey. So if you're offering that information and it's valid and, and very well stated information that answers their questions, helps them move along the buyer's journey, then you're starting to gain trust with them. So that's, that's generally what the information part is, is to help you to build that trust, uh, build that you know relationship because you're offering them value before they are ready to buy from you. So um, what are some offers that people can be, I guess, offering in their advertisements? I know uh, previously in my business, I always like, you know, Call me for more information. Message me for more information. Like, is that a good offer or should there be other offers that are, you know, more persuasive that convert more people? Yes. So the offers that really only appeal to the now buyers, remember, these are only the, the one, the 5%. I know most people have call us for more information on their ads or whatever. And that works again, for only one to 5% of the of your prospects, a free estimate, a now buyer, a, a discount, a coupon, those are all offers that appeal to the now buyers. So not the best way to do it. That means that you're converting way less than you should be. Again, because only one to 5% are going to do that. And the problem is, if you have call us on there, most people they, they equate call us or call me as let me sell you on my product or service. And most people, when they're in the information gathering session, set, um, phase. In phase, there's a good word. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> phase. If they're in the information gathering phase, they, they're going to be offended. They're going to be turned off. That's high resistant to them. I don't like to call people. If, I, if I'm close to buying, I will call people up and ask them specific questions, but only questions after I've, I've done enough research that I can ask legitimate or not um, more poignant questions to help move me along. But generally speaking, I'm not calling a store because or, or a service because I don't want to be sold to. So yeah. what most people are really after is that they want information. I was about to say that. <laughs> so well, like, go ahead, say, say it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the secret to effective marketing is that you need to offer you know, what most prospects truly want. So more information. Um, so most people, like we said, you know, that 95% are either, you know, not, not thinking of buying or are slightly thinking about buying and trying to figure out if they should or shouldn't buy from you or other people. So what they truly want is more information. So, you know, they want those, either those eBooks or those, you know, access to the blog posts and things like that. Right. You know, and, and one of the great things about allowing there to be information gathering there is that, Typically, you would say for this free book or for this um, design guide, if you're a builder or 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 renovation business, or even if you're um, like, for example, the land going back to landscaping, you might want to give them landscaping ideas, you know, what fun things to do with your you know, property, right? 
or what flowers or plants can you put on your property right that make you that you know that are low maintenance and so on if you're able to offer that then you you offer it but then you are able to capture information from them you just say name and email address they get that free resource book and then now you've got their information and you know you start feeding them you don't want to sell them you don't want to email them right away and go buy for me buy for me buy for me what you want to do is continually um, offer valuable information on that topic and that helps them move along the buyer's journey as well yes there's opportunities throughout that to ask them if they do want to call or set up a consultation they can do that but you're still giving them value as you move forward sure. so let's talk about a case study here right now this is a case study so this is a on a website this is a child psychologist so he had just imagine a website he's got a headline parenting advice and resources from dr john smith okay that's the headline not very enticing isn't talking about the problem and then he specializes in nine different areas from emotionally disturbed children to behavioral problems teen pregnancy bullying depression teen rebellion there's a lot of different areas that he specializes in so it's a little bit confusing because if i am a parent that has you know a child that's got um, some behavioral issues then I don't want to have to sift through this site to find out whether or not this person is the right fit for me. And then the offer that he had was call me to schedule a free consultation, right? There's the offer again, call me, right? This is going to happen at, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night. You've just had a rough day with your, with your child. You're trying to, you know, compose yourself you're at your wit's end you go online you're searching for you know helping me with uh, uh you know behavioral problems within children and you come across the site and you're not sure because you're you're tired and exhausted from working all day and then dealing with your with your child and finally getting them to to go to bed even though they went to bed angry and all this fun stuff the last thing you want to do is worry about picking up the phone the next day to call them what you really want is to be able to figure out a solution right away. So what we were able to offer this person, this child psychologist, instead of, you know, again, re redoing the whole website really wasn't a financial option for him. So what we did was actually we did a landing page so that when someone was searching for behavioral issues then they were directed to this landing page. And what we were able to do was we, we went for the interrupt headline of are you sick and tired of the yelling screaming and confrontational attitude of your child wow that's that's punching me right in the face because that's speaking directly to the problem that i have that i don't want i am sick and i'm tired of of, of this child with behavior issues and i'm not sure what to do with it so the sub headline or the engage part of this is now you can discover the secrets to connecting with your child and instantly restore peace and quiet in your home. Oh, instantly restore peace and quiet in my home. That's exactly the solution that I'm looking for, but I don't have. So now I'm very interested because this person is, is pointed out the problem, knows what I'm talking about, is giving me a solution or is offering me a solution. 
Now what? Now in one area, there is a section on where I can help you with your uh, problem. And the offer is learn the secrets to gaining and maintaining complete control of the situation in less than 60 seconds. That's a downloadable uh, email resource. I just have to put my name and email address in that and I need to and just hit sign up and I'll get that guide. And why that's important is it's low resistant. I don't have to speak to anybody and I'm going to be able to get, uh, I'm going to be able to learn a secret right now to start uh, to help gaining and maintaining control of the situation. That's exactly what I want. So it's low resistance. It's uh, irresistible because it's exactly what I want. And I don't have to talk to anybody. So that is a great example of the uh, interrupt, engage, education, and offer. Low resistance, highly compelling, uh, irresistible. Now I'm going to get the solution to my problem. Yeah. So I know most of you who are either listening to the podcast or watching the video can't see um, our example here. But um, something that's really good about having a landing page that's separate from your website is that you can tailor it to, you know, talk to potentially two different types of your ideal clients, two different phases that they're in. So for um, kind of explanation of what this landing page looks like is in the middle, you know, it has enter your, e your name and your email address and you'll get this free resource emailed directly to you. Those are kind of the now buyers. They're ready to, you know, get that information. They're ready to, to have contact with uh, Dr. John Smith here. And to the left of it is the information, the more information for people who aren't quite ready to talk to Dr. John Smith right now. You know, here's a video of who he is and some of the information, some of the knowledge. He's going to share his knowledge that he has as well as if you're if you're not a video watcher kind of person, you know, there's the text, there's the transcript right underneath it as well with the same information that you might need to, you know, build that confidence in him. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought up that point. You know, just because uh, John Smith specializes in nine different areas doesn't mean that he has to sacrifice the other eight to work on this one. You can actually generate nine different landing pages and have nine different campaigns going on at once. I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, more to your point, Maria, I would do one, two, maybe three. Start with one, see how it works. Now, again, coming up with this conversion equation is a process. You're likely not going to nail it the first time you do it. So you just try it. You can also do A-B testing with the landing pages. Again, landing pages are fairly easy to set up. If you have any kind of email marketing system that, you know, there, there's a, quite a few out there. They're pretty low in monthly costs. You could set up two landing pages for the same uh, prospects or target market and slightly change your engage or your headline, your interrupt headline, just to see which one works better and whichever one is converting better, then that's the one that you can direct more of your traffic to. But the key here is to get started. Start using this interrupt, engage, educate and offer conversion equation. And then you'll start seeing the uptick on your, your lead generation. And there are some uh, softwares that allow you to do multiple 
um, like advertisement, multiple lead gen type things where you can compare the two and see which one gets you either more leads or which one has better wording if you are, you know, offering the same thing, but just wording it differently. So try and look for, you know, softwares that allow that capability of you to be able to measure the difference between different um, advertising approaches. And, you know, always remember that you can increase trust and have a greater perception of value if you are offering more information. Um, and as you do that, you will also have, uh, you'll be able to gain um, more market share. And then that will lead to you having that, you know, that leg up on your competition as well. Right. And, and the reason that is, is because most, most people, including your competition, they're not about talking about value or about information. They're all about buy from me. I've got the latest, greatest uh, equipment. That's why you should buy from me. But if you're able to, again, that might appeal to the now buyers. But remember, 95, I know it's, a, it's, it's crazy to think about, but 95% of people of your prospects are in the information gathering um, phase. Oh, there's that word again, phase. But so if your competition isn't talking about value, not giving value out there, not helping them move along the buyer's journey, guess what? You're the only one doing it. You become the trusted uh person in in your industry because you are giving people value like if it's, it's almost like think about being santa claus versus the grinch you know not saying that your competition is the grinch per se but instead of going out there and, and wanting and wanting and wanting you're out there giving 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 so you're that giving of the value that giving of the information does a couple things for you it helps move the the prospect along the buyer's journey, but also positions you as an expert, someone that knows the industry, knows the product or the service better than everybody else. So you keep doing that, you become the expert in your industry. And again, you'll be head and shoulders over your competition because of that. Yep. Well, that was a lot of great information, David, about, you know, how to identify our target market and how to, you know, create a marketing strategy around that. Um, so thank you for all that knowledge. And I hope all of, you know, everyone who's been listening and watching has gained a lot of, you know, new, new tips to implement in your business. Um, anything else you want to say, Mr. David? Uh, not really, but this is something that you want to apply because remember your competition likely is not doing it. So be the first in your industry to do that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Success is actually easier than you think. You just need to ask us how and we will, we will be there to help you. Yep. And on that same vein, if there's any questions that you do have either from this episode, previous episodes, or even just something you want us to cover in a future episode, you know, send us a message um, either, you know, here on whatever platform you're listening to or directly through our Facebook uh, page. We would love to answer all of your questions and concerns. And remember to share this with any of your friends or family members who are either thinking about starting to go into business or already in business because we provide value and we just want to share our knowledge with uh, as many people as we can. Right, and Maria, why do peppers make good archers? Peppers? Why do peppers make good archers? I don't know. 
Because they habanero. <laughs> that should be All right, why from, you subscribe. <laughs> uh, so from the Podastic Business Coach, David Pataki, and your imported accountant, Ray, Ray Mejia. Mejia. Yeah. Until next time. Bye.